<laughs> he wants the most expensive casket we could buy. <laughs> the Rolls Royce. We were like, what? what? Why would you want to spend like a lot of money on on a casket? Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Jean Newman. I'm your host, Angela, and every week I'll be sitting down with Jean and Abby to cover issues related to organizing your life, home, and household. This week, we're covering how to talk to your family about end-of-life planning. So I want to, Jean, I want to tell you about something that happened to me today, and you can tell me what you think, but... Um, I was kind of like, what? Uh, so I, I got my hair cut today for the first time since before um, Omicron. I've just, for whatever reason, I haven't gotten my hair cut since in like five months. It was getting to be just horrible. Um, so she opened up for me early. And so we're sitting there and it's just the two of us there. And I'm meeting this woman for the first time because I've never met her. And you're not going to believe what the conversation was. So she's sitting there with me and she's like, you know, where, where are you from? And I, I live in, I say, I live in Washington. I just moved here. And then she said, I said, where are you from? Um, and she said, well, I, I live here now. Um, and then she said, you know, today, today was a good day. She said, my dad recently had a stroke. And in December, she goes, my dad just had a stroke, but I actually spoke with him today. And he sounded really good. And for the first time, I, I, I was thinking, wow, this is, he's, he's like going in a really good direction. So I was like, wow, this is a heavy conversation for eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and she said, but you know what? Um, I really need to start thinking about getting him prepared and getting my family prepared for, you know, well, what if, you know, things get worse? And I, and she started going into this whole conversation and I said, you know, I, she said, "What do you, you know? What are your thoughts?" And I said, "Well, actually, I have a lot." Did of she not on this know topic. you? Like, this is this is. No, in... she she didn't know anything. She didn't know anything about me, and so she starts <sighs> talking about getting prepared and how should she was just sort of talking out loud, like maybe I should think about having some heavy conversations with my father. And actually, he's in Portugal right now, which is where he's living. And I said, "Well, I happen to know a little bit about this topic. I actually started." a whole business around this topic 10 years ago. And I actually wrote a book <laughs> on this topic um, too. And she was like, really? What? And I was like, I know it's super weird that you're talking to me about this. And so she starts going into the story in more detail. And apparently um, she has two siblings, uh, two others. She has two siblings. She's the youngest. And her feeling on it is that she really needs to she really needs to help her dad start to think about what's going to happen. Um, how does he want to be cared for? Who should be taking care of him? She is trying to figure out if she should set up home care for him. But the thing is, is that her two siblings don't want yeah. to deal with it. They don't want to have anything to do with this conversation. And they're older. And she said and she's the youngest sibling. And so she gets overruled by them all the time. So I was like, well what does your dad want? How does he want this all to go? What is he? Cause I guess the big question was, should he move from Portugal? She wants to get him to move to DC, but the siblings who are all here in DC don't want the dad here. And I was like, why don't they want the dad here? And she said, because they don't want to have yeah. to deal with him. 
which is, by the way, she said, you know, she said, and I was like, that's really sad. She was like, yeah, how do you think my dad feels that they don't want him to come because they don't want the burden. They don't want to take care of him. So anyways, I just started this whole conversation, Gene, and I was like, I have to tell Gene about this story. Here's the question, because I think this comes down to, let's deal with the first part. Does she like her siblings or are they jerks? Or are the siblings angry for some reason other than not just wanting the burden? Or was the dad a horrible person? Well, did you ask those questions, or is that just so? What you're I'd not going to believe. You're you're actually place. not going to be- believe where the conversation went. Um, this is why I wrote you this morning and said, "I think I know what we need to yes. talk about." <laughs> um, so she asked me. She said, "Do you have any siblings?" And I said, "Yes, I do have siblings." Um, just kind of always now. It's like an awkward conversation or an awkward answer. I'm always trying to figure out how do I answer this question. So I said, well, I have, I have two sisters and I actually had, uh, I had a brother who was killed in a car accident. And she said, my brother was killed in a car accident. And I said, what? And she said, yes, he was killed by a drunk driver. And I said, well, you're not going to believe this, but my brother was killed by an impaired driver. First of all, she's telling me all of this wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask and she's blow drying my hair. So this was like a really intense (laughs) conversation to have with a stranger. But I was captivated by her. And she, I think, was felt because of, I I don't know, she just, we had this sort of connection. And because of that, we just started talking. And it was kind of, it it was actually pretty amazing. So I felt so connected to her that I went home. Gene, I got a copy of the book. I, I, and it was one of our signed copies and I brought it back to her and, and I said, I hope, I hope this helps you because she, she was like, I really do need to think about getting a will, don't I? And I was like, well, you own this business. She was, she, it was her, it's her place. And I said, well, what, what would you do if, if something happens to you? What would, what would happen to your business? Like, forget everything else. Like what would happen here? Yeah. And she, you could see the light bulb just went off in her head and she, she was kind of quiet for like five minutes or 10 minutes. And I, and then she said, you're right. I I really haven't thought about what would happen to my business. And she said, and you know, the other thing is that I really need my parents to start having this conversation with me. They do not want to talk about it. They just don't want to talk about it. They, they have, they want to avoid it. They, and, and, and I was like, well, so here's what you should consider doing. Talk to them about what you're thinking about doing with your business as just a way of starting the conversation. And she she actually thought that was a good idea. That's actually the thing that it's interesting how it started about the dad and the siblings. But the reality is until she has an idea and wraps her head around it, she's not going to be able to help her family as much as she wants to because she doesn't exactly know what to do. And but we see that over and over. It's so much easier for me to tell you what to do or someone else what to do than for me to do it myself. And people that it's, it's very, we see that a lot. Like a lot of times where we talked about people, I just want to get my parents organized and I want to do that. And the moment you kind of shine it on them, they, it's not about me. I don't need that. I'll deal with it later. And you're like, well, your parents feel the exact same way and there's no one pressuring you to do it now. But how do you feel if someone came out and starts not so much accusing you, but being like, you have to do this and they forget why you have to do it. Like the dad had a stroke. He clearly might be having a difficult time. There could be really complicated family dynamics where the, it could seem like it's a burden, but maybe they don't talk. 
they don't get along. Maybe the dad isn't someone that they, that's, that's where they have to figure that out. But odds are it always falls on one kid. You want to spend some time now still being with your parents and not just talking about this stuff and not making it one demand after another and one task after another, but like talk to them. Right. Well, I think it's, it's probably that the people who know that it's going to fall on them are probably the ones who at least have an inkling that we need to yeah. start thinking about this sooner rather than later, because they know if something happens, it's going to pile on them like a mountain and it's going to be overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing that's really going to simplify it. It's just about yeah. trying to take it sort of one step at a time. And so the earlier you start, yeah the better it is. It's like, you know, it's like saving money. It's stuff that you're blindsided by. And we say there's this whole world that's waiting for you. And it's understandable that it's a huge mess. So you're going to want as much, you know, as many pieces and as much information as possible. So when you enter that world, you know, you will learn. And this is the one area where people can reach out to others. Because once someone goes through this, they're lost, they're confused, they're frustrated, they just don't know when it's going to end. But once they get through it, they now have this knowledge that they probably never have to use again. You know, you only have so many parents. You only have so many people you're going to do this for. So that knowledge then becomes something they probably want to share with somebody. So the people that have written into us, we say, first, ask people you know. They might have had to deal with elder law. They may have had to deal with probate. They may have had a good estate attorney. They might know how to talk to a funeral home because they're like, I did this and now it's just knowledge in my head that I feel is useless and I want to help someone else so they don't go through what I'm going through. And that's where reaching out for help isn't a sign of weakness. It doesn't mean that you're dumb because in all honesty, if we hadn't spent all this time learning about it, none of us would know any of this. Like Abby, let's face it. Like if we, if we didn't spend every day digging into the weirdest aspects of a person's life and saying, well, what happens if this heirloom is supposed to go here, but it's not designated or uh, executor comes in and takes everything and doesn't give it to them. That's been our job. But most people, they have their life and they want to live it and they don't want to deal with this because also at that moment, they're completely yeah, miserable. But I, I mean, I have, they have to deal with this I have grief. done this every day for 10 years and I'm still overwhelmed by it. I think that no, like, yeah. I, I don't think anybody has all the answers. I think we have a little bit of a, of a head start on where to look or, or how to, how to even think yeah. about it or what the kinds of things are that you need to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. But every situation is different. Every person is yes. different. Every, everybody's family dynamics are different. Everybody's life is different. And because of that, you're, the way you're going to solve for this is going to be different. And so everybody's going to have their own journey through this, but I think it's about Mm -hmm. just starting to think about it ahead of time can make such a big mm -hmm. difference. And I think, you know, you do not want to be dealing with this after somebody dies, right? Like that's yeah. the worst, but they you will, will be. be, you will, that's you the will saddest be, part. but, but how that's much the saddest you part are, that right matter it, it makes a difference. Your mom said it best, hope for the best. Your mom, like that's the kind of mentality. It's either, it's either someone who they hope think they're the completely morbid and, and overwhelming. They're like someone who's completely well into it. And they're like, Oh God, don't talk to that uncle. He's just going to talk about this. It's like someone who talks about their job all the time and it's a boring job. And you're just like, Oh God, don't seat me next to that person. It will never be easy in that sense, but, and the paperwork will get done. It could take a long time, but the relationships get ruined with a couple. It's interesting because when there's two parents, then it, 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 there's two different divergent paths. 
Because you think one parent, like, okay, if, if, you know, if you have to think about it that way, you're like, well, what happens if this one parent is gone? And this is a way someone can kind of game plan in their head. Okay, if this parent was gone, what would be affected? And if this parent was gone, what would be affected? Because there could be one that's very independent and very, like, takes care of everything. And there could be someone who's completely dependent. And you're like, this person would need someone to move in and take care of them. Whereas this person would kind of like, you know, be upset, but move on with their lives. And then you have to start planning from there and say, okay, then when it becomes one parent left, that's usually when it gets messy among the siblings and the rest of the family, because everything pretty much falls on the surviving spouse or the surviving partner. It's after that, the next level, that's where you start seeing it among families that can branch out and become bigger problems. So I think like, for example, the the hairstylist, the siblings are dealing with this now. I don't know if the mother is still alive. I don't know if it would fall on her. I don't know if the father's, we don't know the full, I don't know the full situation. You don't know it. But odds of him moving here, maybe it could simplify things and it could be the right move. Well, that's, that's, exa- I mean, that's, that's I, what was stressing me out was thinking about, we don't, I, I shouldn't be thinking only about what happens if neither of my parents are here anymore. But what happens yeah. if one of them isn't? And what's going to happen um, yeah. in that situation? And I, I, I don't think that we have we have solved for that yet. Um, it's something that we're we're actively trying to to think through. Um, and so I'm going through it um, along with them. And it's 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 not easy. It's not it's not fun. It's it's not it's not a good conversation to have. But actually, when we do start having the conversation, it makes me feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it does yeah, make it, them it, feel it, better too. We've talked about this in a, in a few ways, but I mean, it all, the first conversation we had, which was um, years ago was when my dad kind of jokingly said that he wanted, when he dies, he wants the most expensive, <laughs> he yeah. wants the most expensive casket we could buy. <laughs> the Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. We were like, what? what, why would you want to spend a, like a lot of money on, on a casket? And he was like, that's just what I want. And, and, and in my family, my dad's like the king. So we were like, okay, the, you know, that's what dad wants. Um, start saving now for his mahogany uh, velvet line, you know, Pete Diddy <laughs> casket. Um, so we, we, we started the conversation that way. And, and then it, many years later, we actually, this came up. Um, about six months ago, we were at a funeral and there was a casket. And I s- said to my dad, dad, is that still the kind, it, uh, you know, is this, what kind of casket, casket do you still want? And he said, well, I had wanted the most expensive one, but maybe, maybe I don't care anymore. And I was like, well, you need to tell us that because if you've changed your mind and now you want the plain pine box, which mm-hmm. is the cheapest option. Then you need to tell us because we, you know, otherwise we would have gone to, you know, there might have been like a war in the room where somebody was like, what casket yeah. does dad really want? Yeah. I mean, the the password thing was how I started. Um, but I've always talked, like it never really, but my family is like, when it comes to that stuff, I was always willing to bring it up as, as long as we were talking about theoreticals in the future, it was a lot easier than talking about things in the past. You know, it wasn't like dwelling on things or talk, you know, like for me, I don't, you know, and I think there's people that we talk about, like they should be someone that's no longer around. You shouldn't act like they never existed. Um, that's where I think some families get hung up. Cause if you mention someone, they're like, no, don't even say that. And I'm like, no, they were alive. They affected my life. If I want to bring them up every single day, every conversation, I should be able to. 
Like, I like talking about my mom. I like remembering her. I don't look at it as a sad thing. And some people, they do, where if you even mention it, they're like, oh, God, I'm going to run out of the room crying. And I'm like, get over yourself. Like, like maybe remembering people, like, that's the whole point. If you don't remember them, then that's how you kind of keep them alive. And for my dad, I remember the password manager was a huge thing because he didn't have a solution. He's like, I write them down. It's a pain. I forget them. And once he used it, he's like, wow, this is amazing. And And because of that, I realized okay, that has the contacts. That started him to start saying, okay, well, this is an attorney you'd contact. This is a funeral home. Because a lot of times families, they have plots that their grandparents bought. And now it's passed down. And they're like, this is who you'd call. This is how they'd arrange it. And believe me, when you call them, they're going to take care of everything. Don't worry. Like They're not going to ask you many questions. They know this. They've been doing this for the last hundred years. They're totally on top of it. You know, my person knows exactly who's named as beneficiaries on accounts, so they're going to make sure it gets to the right person. So in a sense, once you get that out of the way, you're like, you know what? I think I've got enough to deal with at that point. But the interesting thing is a lot of times people over the years think it works one way, and then they find out afterwards it works totally different. Like that's where probate court or the fact in some states you need to hire an estate attorney. You can't do it by yourself. So no matter what, you're putting out thousands of dollars to do things that might not even be worth it, but you have no other choice unless the estate is below a certain value, in which case you could do it on your own. But a lot of times you don't know until you're dealing with it. But I think starting it from a practical standpoint is better than a emotional and, and, one. And you bring up a, a good point about the, you know, you once you've done some of this work. And if you've, I mean, what you just described is somebody who's very well planned. They've got lots of people in their life who yes. are able to, to handle things for them, which is great. A lot of people don't have anybody yes. who's helping them. And, and so that's a, a different scenario. And we can certainly talk, talk about that too. But, um, but if you have done, if you, if you are somebody who has an attorney or has an estate attorney or mm -hmm. has an accountant, Make sure that, right, you should make sure that somebody else yeah. in your life knows who that person is. Because I remember when I, I remember when we were first starting here and, and my dad said, I don't need to talk about getting everything organized. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm organized. Everything's with my estate attorney. And, and my mom said, but wait, Milton, mm -hmm. who's our estate attorney? And, <laughs> yeah. and that, I mean, that, that's, I think that's a, I think that's a common scenario. People have yeah, done planning, it is. but if they haven't told other people, who they've done it with or what the plans are, even at a high level, it's sort of like you never did anything at all. And we talk about that all the time. Yeah. But And Angela, you asked about like ways to start the conversation. And, and Abby mentioned this earlier in a way, which is make it about yourself. I'm thinking of buying life insurance. Is it, a, is it worthwhile? You know, I heard long-term care insurance has gotten really expensive. Do you have, and then you find out if they say, uh, I don't believe in that. You're like, cool. I know that's not a factor. <laughs> You're almost checking things off. Like, and, and that way, at least you know what to expect because if someone asks you later, Oh, you know, did dad do it well? No, he didn't believe in them. He thought that they were there that, you know, it's up to us to figure it out, which is going to be great, you know, but then ideally, if you know the answer, but make it about yourself. I have a will. Where should I keep it? I was doing one. You know, should I create a trust? Have you created one? Could you explain how it works? You know, how is this how owned? You know, I'm worried. I have my first mortgage. Could you, because they love imparting, parents love imparting knowledge, especially something that they've experienced. So if you use it that way, you're getting information, but also, you know, that, that could be useful for your own life, but you're also getting information about them. And you're going to find out that they could say, I, yeah, I had life insurance, a 30 year plan. It was term when you guys were young. Once you guys were old and out of the house and I didn't have to pay anything, it was, what's the point? Whereas someone will say, yeah, I got it when I was really young. It was cheap. 
I have it for the rest of my life and I have it through this company. And right there, you're uncovering things and you remember that. Like, again, you shouldn't just, you don't have to have secret recordings and like little notepads, but it's good to maybe think of that. You're going to remember those things. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the app designed to guide you through securely storing and sharing your most important information. We're pretty much everywhere you are, so be sure to follow us. We're at Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. See you next week. Thank you.